Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Two-thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. Are you ready to protect your family? Well, you could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. This new solar generator has double the capacity and is expandable, so you can run big appliances like your fridge even longer. And best of all, the new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans already trust Patriot Power Generators. So go to 4, that's the number 4, patriots.com slash Ben to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. So right now, go to 4patriots.com slash Ben. That's the number 4, patriots.com slash Ben. Hey, it's Danielle, Will, and Ryder from Pod Meets World. Thanks to our friends at Hyundai, we were able to record a very special episode for you guys at the one and only, wait for it, Boy Meets World House. Take a listen. Are there any moments or spots on any of the sets we worked on over the seven years that you guys felt more at home that were like your little spots on the set you like to hang out? I'm afraid it was the sink. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, yeah. You had to act <laughs> by the sink a lot. lot. Yeah. I was behind the counter. Yeah. Right. Doing business constantly. Uh-huh. Mom stuff. Uh-huh. <laughs> Disciplining you <laughs> in some way. This has been brought to you by the fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5. New episode out now. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts. We have got a lot to talk about, including Disney suing Florida and Governor Ron DeSantis. We also, in another story, have found out now that Hunter Biden's lawyers have met with the Department of Justice trying to work a deal that would protect the President of the United States of America from any type of investigation and or prosecution. And then Dr. Fauci is now out trying to rewrite history about what he actually did and also warning us that it's inevitable that there will be another shutdown of the United States of America with another pandemic. Yeah, he's telling you to get ready for the next one. Really? That's now what we're talking about is having another one and saying it's inevitable that we're going to shut down the entire country again and that you just need to get used to it. If you want to know why, there's no chance in hell I'm voting for Joe Biden for president because he believes that we should have regular shutdowns of our government, which is all about power and control. Now, before we get to that, I want you to understand what I'm about to say is going to be very harsh. Some are going to be mad at me for saying it. Some are going to say that uh, they're never going to listen to me again. I'm going to have people that I'm going to lose from this show podcast. They're going to say, you know, you're, you're you know, you're, you're I'm done with you forever. And I don't care. 
because these are the moments where I think we actually learn the most about the candidates that we don't want to run the country. Let me give you an example of this. Disney is now suing the Florida governor, Ron DeSantis, and Democrats are seizing on this, and so is the media. They are now accusing him of a, quote, political effort to hurt its business. Walt Disney Company going on offense, this from CNBC, suing the Florida governor, Ron DeSantis, alleging the Republican governor has, quote, waged a relentless campaign to weaponize government power over the company. This is how CNBC started their broadcast. Breaking news on Disney that we do want to get to. Let's get to Julia Borson for the very latest. Julia. Melissa, well, Disney is suing Florida Governor Ron DeSantis after just this morning, Florida's oversight board that was appointed by Governor DeSantis declared that the agreement that Disney had made back in February to retain control over its theme parks tax district, that those agreements were null and void. So now Walt Disney Parks and Resorts is suing Governor DeSantis over his curtailing of Disney's autonomy. They're calling his board's action patently retaliatory, patently anti-business, and patently unconstitutional. And the media giant is looking for injunctive relief so it can continue to carry out its business plans. Now, the suit says, quote, a targeted campaign of government retaliation orchestrated at every step by Governor DeSantis as punishment for Disney's protected speech now threatens Disney's business operations, jeopardizes its economic future in the region and violates its constitutional rights. Now, of course, Melissa, this all started back when Disney's leadership criticized Florida's so-called don't say gay bill which banned conversations about sexual orientation in schools melissa but by the way that's very misleading from cnbc at the very end there what disney did was they became an activist company where they were going after the state of florida which had given them basically autonomy basically creating them their own country around disney world and, and had done this, and then they were angry and went woke, and they decided to go after the state, which had given them the most incredible sweetheart deals they had ever seen or imagined anywhere in the country. That is the problem. And so then Governor DeSantis kind of went back and looked at all of this and realized that Disney... And I'm going to quote liberal ideas here for a moment, right? What is it that liberals hate? They hate people that make money. They hate people that make a lot of money. They hate billionaires, right? Even though they'll happily take their money like George Soros and let them buy off political campaigns and pick and choose candidates. But but the moral of them, right, of the Democrats, the socialists, and these communists is we hate everybody that makes cash. We hate corporate America. We hate big companies. Uh, they're all evil. They should pay their fair share. They should pay more in taxes, yada, 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 right? You, you, you start a class warfare and you say that anyone that does something or creates anything massive or amazing is actually spawn of satan unless they're on our side disney makes billions and billions and billions of dollars and they poked the bear that allowed them the ability to make that money in florida the deal that florida gave disney decades ago was an unbelievable deal And if Disney was smart, they would have shut the hell up and just been a business and not gone into woke activism. They're the ones that chose this fight. They're the ones that escalated this. And so when that happened, a bunch of elected officials that liked Disney previously in Florida were like, well, if you're going to start giving us crap, we're going to look at your deals. We're going to look at your sweetheart deals. We're going to take a look at this and we're going to see 
what we like or don't like, and let's see how good it is. And then they realized how good it was. Like, people started reporting on this. They're like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Like, are you seeing just how good this actually is? It was a, it was a holy cow moment where people were looking at it, and they couldn't believe what they were seeing. And just how unbelievable the deal was. Then there were people that actually got pretty angry over this. They were angry because they couldn't believe just how good the deal was. And then the crap they were taking from these individuals at Disney. Now, before I get into more of this story, I want to say thank you and tell you about our good friends at Patriot Mobile. It takes a lot to shock me these days, but with our judicial system resembling a third world banana republic, to see trusted American companies embrace insane and destructive woke ideologies is frankly depressing. We need to fight back, and that starts with changing the way we spend our money. For years, big mobile companies have been dumping millions into leftist causes, and we had to take it because there wasn't another option. Well, there is one now. Patriot Mobile is America's only only Christian conservative wireless provider offering you dependable nationwide coverage on all three major networks so you get the best possible service in your area without the woke propaganda pushed by leftists working hard to destroy this country. When you switch to Patriot Mobile, you support free speech, religious freedom, and sanctity of life, Second Amendment, and our military, veterans and first responders as well. So switch now. Go to PatriotMobile.com slash Ferguson, PatriotMobile.com slash Ferguson, or call them 878-PATRIOT. It's 878-PATRIOT. To get free activation, use a promo code FERGUSON, 878-PATRIOT. Now, Disney was also lying about the bill. The bill never said don't say gay. The bill was anti-grooming law. It was saying you can't indoctrinate or start talking about sexual stuff with very young children. There was nothing in there about don't say gay. So they also lied about that. Okay? They they, they, they lied. Disney lied and busted. And now they're saying we are being persecuted. Now... I think Ron DeSantis is right to go to war with Disney. I also think it's time to wrap up that war with Disney and move on to other issues. I think this is hurting Ron DeSantis' chances of becoming president. Because at some point, it does look like it's petty and it's going to become a liability instead of an asset. You go in, you beat the crap out of the bully, and that's what DeSantis did. And then you eventually get up off the mat, right? And what DeSantis has done is kept punching and punching and punching. And now people are kind of like, okay, enough. They're ready to move on. With that being said, and that's just my political advice to DeSantis on this. There's another issue that really makes me mad, and that's this. I said at the beginning, there are moments that happen when you know that there's a person you're not going to vote for that are very telling about that person. And that person today is Nikki Haley. Nikki Haley is trying to figure out a way to get some, some wind in her sails. She's running for president of the United States of America. She's already announced it. She goes on Fox News Channel today. And when she's on Fox News Channel today, Nikki Haley officially invited Disney to move to South Carolina as they are suing DeSantis. That is liberal political pandering at its worth. I have zero respect for Nikki Haley. This is exactly what I would expect from a Mitt Romney or a Jeb Bush. And I'm glad that this moment happened today on Fox News Channel because you know exactly what you're getting with Nikki Haley. If Nikki Haley is directly asked a question about Disney, what she should have said was they should have stayed out of politics and they wouldn't be in this situation right now and they shouldn't have been trying to and lying about what's happening in Florida. But again, Nikki Haley is so desperate for someone to like her that she actually sounded like a liberal today 
implying that somehow Florida is a bad place and DeSantis is a bad person for taking on Disney and their woke activism, saying, come on down to South Carolina. Ambassador Haley, I want to um, ask you about what could be another Republican candidate uh, in the field, and that is Ron DeSantis. We just learned a few moments ago that Disney is now suing the Florida governor for alleging uh, an alleging political effort to hurt their business. We've all been watching this back and forth for quite some time. Uh, this is obviously dramatically escalating the feud between Disney and Ron DeSantis. Uh, They're alleging that the Republican governor has waged a, quote, relentless campaign to weaponize government power over the company. What is your reaction to that as we still have yet to see him jump officially into the race? You know, as governor, I took a double-digit unemployment state and I turned it into an economic powerhouse. Businesses were my partners because if you take care of your businesses, you take care of your economy, your economy takes care of the people and everyone wins. And so that's the way we dealt with it. We are, South Carolina was a very anti-woke state. It still is. And if Disney would like to move their hundreds of thousands of jobs to South Carolina and bring the billions of dollars with them, I'll let them know. I'll be happy to meet them in South Carolina and introduce them to the governor and the legislature that would that would welcome it this is the worst political pandering that i've heard in a long time i i honestly thought nikki haley was smarter than to take the bait here but come on down south carolina right it's a very anti-woke state and it still is however we'd love to get us some disney up in here get us all woke again we'll take those jobs she should have said look at the end of the day disney screwed up And they should understand they screwed up, and it's dumb to sue Ron DeSantis. She could have said that, and actually, I think, gained more supporters, not less. I think this would actually have been a positive for her, not a negative for her. And yet, there she is, and she screwed it all up. And remember, this is the reason why I didn't get excited about Nikki Haley, because this is what I expected from her. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, in an opportunity that she had to show that maybe she's a real conservative, she, she, she shows her true colors. She is, in my opinion, a Mitt Romney. Okay? She is a, she is a Mitt Romney 2.0, and that is who she is. And never forget this moment when she showed her colors to you. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I want to move on to another uh, issue that is broken, and that deals with Hunter Biden and the Biden crime family. James Comer has now come out and said, quote, the walls are closing in on the Biden crime family. He also is now threatening to subpoena John Kerry and his role in the Biden administration. 
this after he said, quote, there's not going to be anybody left for a Biden Christmas picture if the DOJ does its job. Now, you may remember last week on this show, I played for you a congressman, uh, Congressman Burchett from Tennessee. He actually is bringing up impeachment now after he saw these suspicious activity reports. I'm going to let you hear what he had to say first. And then you're going to hear Maria Bartromo's conversation with James Comer about the new intel they found. We're talking about impeaching Biden. How could how could we not impeach Biden if this does, in fact, reach him? I, I wonder what their defense will be. I mean, this is this is just going on too much. And, and the um, like I said, the documentation that I've seen, I can't comment on all of it. But what I can comment on is that it is bad. And it, it is getting worse and it is showing uh, it is showing illegal monies from Chinese communists flowing into this White House. Wow. Strong words of potential impeachment from House Oversight Committee member Congressman Tim Burchett with me on Friday on Mornings with Maria over on Fox Business on the potentially compromised position. President Biden is in when dealing with communist China after the House Oversight Committee report on millions of dollars the Biden family has taken in. From Communist China, House Oversight Committee Chairman Congressman James Comer revealing that six more members of the Biden family may have benefited from the family's various business ventures around the world. The new information comes from examining the suspicious activity reports, those reports sent by banks to the Treasury Department in transactions involving President Biden's family. Joining me right now to get to the bottom of it this Sunday morning with more in an exclusive interview is House Oversight Committee Chairman Congressman James Comer. Mr. Chairman, good to have you this morning. Welcome. Good morning. What can you tell us about your latest findings and the Biden family receiving money from adversaries? Well, we went into Treasury after a long battle to have access to those Treasury reports, uh, thinking that uh, there was a certain number of suspicious activity reports, the number that had been previously reported. And we thought that there were two or three Biden family members that would be implicated in these bank violations. Uh, nearly three weeks later, we walk out of Treasury, uh, having read, poured over thousands of pages of documents. And I can tell you that uh, there were more suspicious activity reports than had been previously reported and many more Biden family members that were involved in the influence peddling scheme. We now have nine and counting Biden family members who are zinged by at least one bank for receiving suspicious wires from our adversaries around the world. So in other words, adversaries and including China sent money directly to to Biden family members into their accounts. There's the key, Maria. They sent money to these LLCs that the Biden family members created. Now, that's another aspect of this. We went in thinking there were around a dozen LLCs uh, through our informants and through our research over the past year and through other investigative reporting. We thought there were around a dozen of these LLCs that were created by Biden family members to disguise or launder uh, where the, the source of the revenue was coming from. Uh, but there are many more LLCs. There are many more Biden members. Biden family members, many more LLCs and many more countries that were involved. I'll say this. uh, China was probably the most reputable country that the Biden family was dealing with. And and the question remains, what were these family members doing to receive this money? 
There's no rhyme or reason for some of these Biden family members uh, to to receive any type of payment from our adversaries around the world, much less the the number that we've uncovered. And we're still digging through these bank violations. That's unbelievable. I mean, it couldn't be that they just wanted to hang out in the vice president's office. Right. What were they paying for? One source sends me this. One of the huge benefits the Chinese may well have paid for was then Vice President Biden presiding over the signing of a memorandum of understanding, an MOU on May 7, 2013, between our public company accounting oversight board and the Chinese Regulatory Commission to waive federal auditing requirements for hundreds of Chinese companies listed on U.S. exchanges. Was that part of it? Thousands more traded in our markets, all in violation of U.S. federal securities laws. There are six specific decisions that Joe Biden made, either as vice president or president, that are very concerning to us that we believe could potentially lead back to payments that were made to uh, these LLCs that were then laundered down to the Biden family members. So uh, you, you have to look at the number of the LLCs and look at the transactions and look at the limited bank records that we have to realize the great links to which this family went to try to uh, disguise the sender of the money and then deceive the IRS. So you know, when we hear about the, the Biden family lawyers are, are meeting with the DOJ to talk about a potential indictment of Hunter Biden, I want to be very clear, Maria. It would be impossible for the Department of Justice to just cherry pick Hunter Biden for an indictment and not do anything to the eight other Biden family members because they were essentially doing the same thing and receiving the same types of payments from our adversaries around the world that Hunter Biden was doing. You listen to all this. It's very clear that these suspicious activity reports and the cash that is connected to them are massive. It's very hard for me not to keep interrupting, but I wanted you to hear what he had to say here. He says they're in a pickle here, especially now with the IRS whistleblower. I mean, there's no rhyme or reason why Hunter Biden shouldn't have been indicted years ago, even before the last presidential election. But one of the challenges that I've learned is that the Department of Justice, if there are any legitimate serious people left in the DOJ, they that they are really trying to do the right thing is what do you do with this many family members of the president? I mean, is there, there's not going to be anybody left for a Christmas picture if the DOJ did their jobs and went in there and indicted everyone that has any type of fingerprints involved in the influence peddling scheme. I mean, it's the entire family. Let's just back up and think about that statement. It's the entire family. In other words, the money was too good and then there was too much money coming in. So you got to keep the money in the family. It was just too much money. They had to have everybody jump in on this. And that's why the number is nine. This is no different than what we used to have with mob bosses and their families, right? Like there, there's, there's just no difference here. Okay, there, there, is, there is no difference here than that. The, this family, all right, four years has been doing this, not years, decades, has been doing this. And when they had children, as soon as they were of age, they brought them into this. This is a guy that's been in office for 50-plus years, folks. The entire family is in on it. 
Hunter Biden was actually abused, and I would argue abused by his own family as an addict because they saw an opportunity for the alibi. They could become more aggressive. James Biden didn't have the cojones, his brother, to do this, or any of the other eight. There was only one. And the one that had the cojones to do it was none other than Hunter Biden because Hunter Biden was so bombed out of his freaking mind that he could get away with it. Or he just said, there was no caution to the wind. He was so bombed. He was such an addict. And I feel sorry for addicts that he left his laptop with all this information in his store and it was called and didn't go pick it up. This guy was such an addict. He slept with his brother's widow and moved her into his house to have a sexual relationship with her. Who does that? An addict, a hardcore drug addict. And the family saw an opportunity. They said, look, this guy can do stupid stuff. And the alibi is he was an addict, right? The alibi is he's such an addict that you can't blame him for what he actually did. James Biden wouldn't have done this stuff. None of the other Bidens did the stuff that Hunter Biden was willing to do. Hunter Biden was, got sober enough for a moment to walk in and say, what do you need from my family what do you need from my mafia and I'll get it done, but I need this much cash and I need it now. And they knew he needed the cash because he was an addict and the parents knew it. His dad knew it. His dad knew he had a problem with addiction and they exploited it. His dad knew he had a problem with hookers and prostitutes from around the world. And he did it anyway. His dad knew that he was doing business with the worst people in the world and they used his addiction as an opportunity. Think about how sick you have to be to use your own child in this way. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Let's talk about a great opportunity for your IRA and 401ks. You can get free gold just by learning about gold IRAs from Augusta Precious Metals. It's important that you know what's going on in this crazy economy. And your hard-earned savings need protecting from the devalued dollar. Protecting from the devalued dollar, especially if you're close to retirement. Augusta Precious Metals will give you information on how to protect your savings and open a gold IRA. So if you've saved at least 100000 for retirement, call and ask about their ultimate guide to gold IRAs. I trust Augusta Precious Metals, and you can too. They will make sure that you understand what is best for you and your portfolio. There's a reason. Money Magazine says they are the best gold IRA company. Get free gold, free information, and retirement protection now by calling 877-4-GOLD-IRA. That's 877-4-GOLD-IRA or AugustaPreciousMetals.com. One other side note on this Hunter Biden issue. 
Federal prosecutors were now being told considered charging Hunter with four crimes a year ago. Why didn't they? Why didn't they charge him then? Why is it now that all of a sudden we're being told that they're meeting with the feds, right? Now they're meeting, right? Hunter Biden's lawyers, big headline, meet with DOJ prosecutors about pending criminal probe. Attorneys for Hunter Biden met with the Department of Justice prosecutors to discuss criminal charges that might be filed against the son of President Joe Biden, NBC reported, citing sources. Hunter has been under investigation since 2018. So 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, six years. Still hadn't charged him. I wonder if they're just waiting to see if his daddy wins re-election. Because if he does, then they're like, all right, we got four more years of cover. Screw it. Don't charge the guy with anything. NBC last week reported that prosecutors have considered charging Hunter with four criminal charges. In fact, they were going to do it apparently about a year ago, and then for some reason they didn't. So now we got to hurry up because the Biden crime family realizes this has become a really big liability. And this is when you sacrifice your own child. The attorneys for Hunter Biden meeting with the Department of Justice prosecutors on Wednesday to discuss criminal charges that might be filed. Prosecutors have considered charging Hunter with four criminal counts. NBC News reporting two of those would be misdemeanor failures to file taxes, while a third would be a felony count of tax evasion in connection with a business expense. The fourth charge would be a felony related to an alleged false statement related to a gun purchase in 2018 when Hunter wrote on a form that he was neither addicted to or abusing any unlawful substance. At the time, Hunter was using cocaine. He has since admitted that and wrote about it in his own book, so we know he lied on that form. NBC also reported that two senior law enforcement sources said there is growing frustration inside the FBI because the majority of the investigation by bureau agents had been completed a year or so ago. Why now is Hunter Biden's lawyers running to the DOJ to have a meeting? Because they need them to hurry up and indict him and shut down this controversy. That's why they understand now that there's so much coming out with the suspicious activity reports and the nine other Biden family members that this is now getting to the point where they cannot control it. It's gotten out of hand. And when it gets out of hand, that opens them up to more possibility of them becoming the target of investigations. So now they're like, hey, do whatever the hell you got to do. Indict him. Put him in jail. We don't care. He's a drug addict. That's what we're going to say. We're going to and they'll probably sit there and go, you know, this is probably good for Hunter to go to prison. He'll get his life straightened out. It may save his life. They'll justify this in their their psychotic minds. Right. They'll, they'll justify this to themselves that, you know, this is really just something where Hunter, you know, this could be this is probably good for him. And they'll convince the senile old father that this is actually some sort of blessing in disguise. That's what they're going to say. That's how they're going to sell this. And they're also going to use it as a legal defense. And that legal defense is a pretty clear one. The legal defense is, hey. We know that he did this and we're sorry, but he was a drug addict and you should have compassion and look how he's turned his life around. And that's all that really matters. That's been the game plan, by the way, the entire time. This isn't some new move. They were exploiting his addiction the entire time. And why anyone would trust that man to be in charge of the country is beyond me. But here we are. He is the Democratic nominee. Now, 
I want to get to another issue I mentioned earlier with Dr. Fauci. Dr. Fauci is coming out right now, and Fauci is trying to rewrite history on everything. Fauci on ending the COVID emergency. Don't worry. He wants it to come back. Listen. Yeah, and that's why this is so important to look back at what happened, not just to criticize people, but to to learn, to see what can be changed going forward. You know, the public health emergency is actually ending in about two weeks. Do you think it's the right time for that to end? You know, there's obviously debate about that, but I think in general, we really need to move forward so long as we don't leave a big gap in being able to take care of the people who may not have available to them now the things that were very, very important to them at the time that we had all of the issues that were related to the emergency. We want to be able to have some sort of a safety net for them to be able to get drugs and to be able to get vaccines so those things don't fall between the cracks. If we take care of that, I think it's important to move forward. I mean, everybody wants this outbreak behind us. We want to make sure we don't just forget about it completely because we still have about 150 deaths per day and there's still a lot of virus out there. So we can't just completely forget about it. We got to continue to pay attention to it. Still a lot of virus out there. Yeah, that's how we control you folks. That's how we get our power, right? A lot of there's a hell of a lot of virus still out there. Fauci reflecting on missteps, successes of U.S. COVID response was how they build this interview with CNN. Here's part of what they also said about the mask mandates. And were they a mistake? In addition to schools, masking was probably one of the most divisive parts of COVID. I think whether or not people wore one, whether they had to wear one. A really striking comment that you made in this interview you said from a broad public health standpoint, and I'm quoting you now, at the population level, masks work at the margins maybe 10 percent. You once said a a national mask mandate could work. That comment saying, you know, they work at the margins, maybe 10 percent, I think would raise a lot of eyebrows given so many people had to wear a mask, whether they were on a plane, whether they were in certain public facilities. To hear that they only work at the margins, maybe 10 percent would make a lot of people ask, Okay, then why was I wearing a mask for so many times? You know, Caitlin, we got to be careful because if you read very carefully what I said, if you look at the broad public health effect, when you have masks that are so-called mandated or supposed to be worn because so many people don't wear them, even though they're in an arena in which masks are supposed to be worn or they don't wear them properly from a public health standpoint on the cohort of people, the effect can be only marginal. And as we mentioned, it was 10, 13 percent or so. But for the individual who religiously wears a properly fitted mask, the effect is much, much, much better than that. It's 85, 90 percent or more. So we were trying to distinguish between what the broad effect on a population is when you have mask wearing versus the effect on the individual who religiously and properly wears the mask. There's a big difference there. That's what we were referring to about on the margins versus an individual effect of a person. Yeah, there is a big difference. I don't, I don't trust any of that at all, by the way. I don't trust that voice at all. I think this guy's totally full of crap as he's making it up here. He's also saying, and she said, well, it's 10% of the time. It, it basically it might even work. Uh, he won't admit, yeah, we screwed that one up. Right? I, 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 I screwed that up. Remember when Dr. Fauci, by the way, was wanting to close down everything for two weeks, of course, right? 
He was asked about closing everything down. Now he wants to say, no, no, that wasn't my decision. Don't don't accuse me of being the guy that did that. Listen. Yeah, a lot of questions about what the effects of that ending would look like. I want to get into this New York, <clears throat> excuse me, this New York Times interview that you did. It really just basically looking at, back at not just how you handled it, how the U.S. handled it overall. You talked about being perceived as kind of the personification of restrictions. And you had this quote that stood out to me. You said, show me a school that I shut down. Show me a factory that I shut down. Never. I never did. I gave a public health recommendation that echoed the CDC's recommendation. And people made a decision based on that. Now, I don't have to tell you that people who have criticized your your response have seized on that comment in particular to say, yeah, you weren't directly responsible for Prattville Elementary School closing or whatnot, but because of the recommendations that came from you and other top public health officials, those are decisions that you saw school administrators make, governors make, and you understand the influence that your recommendations had on decisions like that, right? Well, that's true, Caitlin, but the point that I made in my response uh, to the reporter in the New York Times article was that what it is is that there was a personification of me as a person who essentially closed everything down. Those were public health recommendations that came from the CDC. And I have always been very supportive of the CDC because they base their recommendations purely on public health issues. And the point that I made that as public health officials, it's our responsibility to give the public health perspective to it. The decision of how that balances with other considerations really comes from other authorities, from authorities who have things other than just the public health to be concerned about, economic and other considerations. So that's the point I was making. I was not trying to shun away from responsibility. We made a public health recommendation based on sound public health principles. But that's not the only issue that you need to consider when you're in the middle of an outbreak. Well, you have right. to consider a number of other things, and that's the point we're making. I right? think a lot of parents and teachers would say, well, yeah, the CDC, when they made these recommendations, they should have considered the effects that learning loss would have on children when they're making a decision like that. Is that, is that something you agree with? No, I do. I, I believe that you have to consider a, a variety of other things. But remember, at the time that the shutdown occurred, I mean, you have to distinguish, Caitlin, between the crisis at the point when our hospitals were being overrun and we were having cooler trucks to put bodies in because we didn't have enough room in a morgue, that's when things shut down. The real issue is how long do you keep that shutdown? How long do you keep the schools closed? And if you recall and go back on many of the things I've said in a lot of interviews, is that we've got to do whatever we can to get the schools open and get them open safe and keep them open. And I've said that many, many times. But This guy, by the way, is so full of crap. He is basically saying everything he did was justifiable. Okay, number one, everything that he did was justifiable. And two, he would do it all over again, and we should do it all over again if we have this same issue in the future. And in fact... You should suspect that we're going to have to do this again in the future. And guess who would be willing to do all of this over again as well? A guy by the name of Joe Biden who allowed all of this to happen in the first place. And that is the Democrats key to taking over your life yet again. Joe Biden is the most brilliant, useful idiot that the Democratic Communist Party has ever had. Because if they can get him reelected again and he doesn't do anything, he's not in charge of anything, right? Then there is victory for him or for them.
Because they've got the figurehead, right? They've got the guy that they needed to be in charge so that they can then do this. Remember, Fauci had more power than any elected official in this country to alter and change your life. And in this interview, he is justifying everything he did and making it clear that, damn it, I do it again to you, your family, your businesses, and your kids. Because ultimately, the government is in charge, not you. Make sure that you share our podcast, please, with your family and your friends. Write us a five-star review, and I'll see you back here tomorrow. Two-thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. Are you ready to protect your family? Well, you could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. This new solar generator has double the capacity and is expandable, so you can run big appliances like your fridge even longer. And best of all, the new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans already trust Patriot Power Generators. So go to 4, that's the number 4, patriots.com slash Ben to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. So right now, go to 4patriots.com slash Ben. That's the number 4, patriots.com slash Ben. Hey, it's Danielle, Will, and Ryder from Pod Meets World. Thanks to our friends at Hyundai, we were able to record a very special episode for you guys at the one and only, wait for it, Boy Meets World House. Take a listen. Are there any moments or spots on any of the sets we worked on over the seven years that you guys felt more at home that were like your little spots on the set you like to hang out? I'm afraid it was the sink. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, yeah. You had to act <laughs> by the sink a lot. lot. Yeah. I was behind the counter. Yeah. Right. Doing business constantly. Uh-huh. Mom stuff. Uh-huh. <laughs> Disciplining you <laughs> in some way. This has been brought to you by the fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5. New episode out now. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kiwi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.